Hey, welcome to Chicago Beer Geeks Podcast. I am Dan. To my right is Bob, as always. And then we made a road trip up to Mobcraft Beer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this is Henry, the owner of the brewery and founder. Uh, so we came to chat with him about some amazing beer that he has up here. And some of their concepts we'd like to tell you about because they do crowdsourcing of their beer. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But just uh, want to welcome you, Thank you. Thank to the you podcast. Uh, we've been doing this now nine months, roughly. So, And we're starting to expand more and get into more breweries. And noticed that your beer is now starting to be distributed in Illinois and the Chicagoland area. Had some at Hopcat in, uh, in Chicago myself, and that's how I found out about you. Yeah. So, And I reached out to see uh, if you guys would be interested in uh, telling us a little about yourself. So um, we'll just kick right into it. How, when did you guys start? And tell us a little bit of the history. Definitely. Well, first off, for a beer. Yes. All right. Almost forgot the most important part. <laughs> and, and while he's beer. opening the beer, I'll let Dan say what the first beer you had. So, yeah, at, uh, at Hopkett, they had a Stay Puft Porter, which obviously I'm a fan of the original Ghostbusters, as everybody should, and especially the Marshmallow Man. And it's a porter with uh, vanilla and marshmallow, right? and, and cacao nibs, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, which I had it and never heard of it, but I'm like, it sounds interesting. I love anything with cacao and vanilla. Let's Thank give it a try, and it was incredible. And that and that was one of the crowdsourced recipes when you looked it up that really piqued the interest in in Mobcraft, uh, being that they are a brewery that crowdsource and votes, and that you can submit to. Uh, actually, I was just taking a break in the restroom, and it, at, above the urinal it says, instead of googling if your fart burns calories, uh, why don't you uh, submit a recipe to us? So. Yeah. You know, it's 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 something a lot of people have been doing. You have a whole wall of of winners, um, yeah. and the Stay Puft Porter was one of them. And what uh, what you just cracked open, I think, was was another. So. Yeah, yeah. So this is our our most recent one. Um, that is, well, not our most recent, one of the most recent to hit the market. And it's a very fun beer from a guy named Leo from down in Chicago, actually. Um, his now wife and him liked hazelnut beers, and they couldn't really find too many bourbon-aged hazelnut beers, so they submitted it to the website, um, rallied all their friends to get them to vote on it, and won the voting round. It sat in Elijah Craig 12-year bourbon barrels for about nine months, and then got dosed with hazelnuts, vanilla beans, and cacao nibs. So it is phenomenal. Cheers to all you guys. I tried, took a sip. <laughs> and it is great. Uh, this, is, this is up there as well. So, I, so <coughs> I was just gonna, just coming in here, as you can see behind us, I was, one for one, surprised at the size of the operation, but to the size of the barrel engaging operation that you have going on here. So. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, just like doing fun things, making fun beer. We do a little bit of, you know, we've always followed our passions for what we've enjoyed and that's led us down a lot of different paths. You know, one doing a whole um, sour and wild program. That's the room that we're in right now where we kind of keep this blocked off from the rest of the brewery just because this is everything that's inoculated or fermented with a, a bread strain of yeast. Nice. So tell us a little bit about how you started. You were mentioning before we started you bet. Um, that you weren't originally in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea for Mobcraft started back in 2011. Um, I was going to school at Whitewater, and one of my classmates, his name was Anthony, uh, we were starting to make a bunch of really crummy wine. And we were under 21, figured out we could go to the homebrew store, bought ingredients to make wine, and you know we were having a blast just making our own stuff. 
And uh, fast forward a few months, he introduces me to his twin brother, Andrew, who was at a different university studying fermentation science. It's like the art of fermenting things. And he came down and uh, made a batch with us and said, hey, you guys should try making beer. It's a lot more fun. It's you know, more robust. You can really experiment with it. Um, since I was a fan of cooking and loved playing with different ingredients, it kind of hit home with me too that, man, this beer making is a lot more, you know, you can really, really play with it. So we started building out some beer recipes. We did a, a mint chocolate stout and just kind of, that one tasted like toothpaste. It was horrible. But the second time we brewed it, we used less mint and it did taste really good. So we liked the, you know, this adding different adjuncts to beer. Um, and so we got addicted to home brewing. We were making like 75 gallons on a weekend with a bunch of buddies. We had nine beers on tap in our basement. And, you know, it was, it was a really fun time in college. Um, and once we got closer to graduating, we had to think of what we were going to do with our, our lives and decided that we wanted to open up a brewery. And since everybody and their mother also wanted to open up a brewery, we, we knew we had to be different. So we were sitting in one of our um, senior level business classes and learned about this business model of crowdsourcing. We did a case study on Threadless out of Chicago who crowdsourced yeah, t-shirt designs. And then it was just like that aha moment, you know, we love brewing beer. Crowdsourcing, why would you not ask your end consumer what they want and then make that product? So we thought we should give it this a try to do this crowdsourced brewery. And that's when we wound up in that business incubator where we got matched with some professors and um, found a couple of students who wanted to help work on this Mobcraft project um, just to see if it would be interesting enough for people to you know, want to actually buy the product. So we would brew five gallon batches of user submitted recipes. They would come from faculty or other students and each month, the one that was the winner, we brew that batch. 50 people would drive over to Henry's College House, pick up their one 12 ounce bottle of this crowdsourced beer, and then they would you know, review it online and give us feedback. And once we were giving away 50 batches, 50 bottles each month, we were like, you know, this is enough people that we might want to actually start a brewery. <laughs> yeah. So that's what kind of led us into our you know, initial setup over in Madison of um, brewing that monthly crowdsourced beer. And you said some of the relationships you started there, your graphic designer is still there, you still go back to Whitewater to do speaking uh, yep. to future generations of classes. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you just keep those connections that have been really good to you open. You know, the university treated me really well. I had a blast being there. And, you know, you get your education from somewhere yeah. and you owe it to them. So. And when did you move to Milwaukee? Um, I moved to Milwaukee in December of 14. No, December 15. So we found this building um, that we're in right now in December of 14 and then started the build-out process. Um, in 2016, we opened up this facility. And this is, this is my first time here. Um, I've been communicating with them online. And this is, if you see the rest of the facility, I'll try to take some pictures and post it on our Facebook page for sure. I've posted a couple on Instagram already. Uh, it's, it's a great place. It's, it does have that feel of a downtown Chicago little bar, actually, or a little brewery. Like, it's even more so than, like, like even Revolution's small, the actual brewery, but that's more of a, a restaurant atmosphere. This place, they have the, the garage doors that open up, you know, for outdoors, so it's in and out. It kind of feels like you're outside. Um, great aesthetic. You also had some kind of laser tag thing I saw too. I don't know what's up with that. I didn't ask you about that, but I did see that. Well, oh, that's awesome. So, so when, when we started the company, some other guys also started up this Magnatag company. And they were, you know, we met at some business function type thing. And, you know, we just always kind of kept in touch. So that's their prototype. That is like the first Magnatag. And the concept is it's kind of like laser tag, but you have magnetic swords and armor. And you sword fight each other. And when you stab somebody, you get a point. So you just... You just 
bathroom. Did you do that while drinking beer here? While drinking beer, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the space was much larger than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, I'm just absolutely blown away at the magnitude of the operation here, considering yeah, until Dan brought it up a few months ago, I had, had not heard of it. But yeah, um, I'd recommend, if, if you're making a trip up here, I mean, it's kind of weird because Milwaukee... When you used to think of Milwaukee in the past, it's it's beer and Harley's really is that's what you think of Milwaukee at least myself. But in terms of beer, the reason you think of it beers is, is the wrong reason. It's because of your macro brews and your lagers that you know have been around forever. And it seems like in my mind, at least when the craft beer revolution kind of really begun and started happening, you don't think of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So, but I did notice now, like you have. Uh, a map on the wall out there that has a lot of the breweries as well as a craft distillery and cidery I think it was on there as well yeah. so if you come out here I don't know if the other places have that type of map as well but you can get a map here at least take a picture with your phone get a map I'll probably post that on Facebook as well that you can see you know where you want to go when you make a trip up to Milwaukee if you're coming from the city of Chicago or suburbs of Chicago or anywhere um, yeah. or if you're watching our podcast from wherever we actually just um about a year ago started a group called the Milwaukee Craft Brewery League and there's 27 breweries that are members of this group in the greater Milwaukee area that we all get together once a month and do a tap takeover. We bounce around tap rooms so if the brewery's got 20 taps there'll be 20, Wisconsin, or 20 Milwaukee breweries on tap there. All the brewers and owners come out for the evening just sit and schmooze and talk about beer and we're doing the first uh, Milwaukee Craft Brewery Week. That's going to be the last week in July, first week in August. And there's um, 10 days of events that are not your normal beer week events. Yeah. So there's you know, no beer dinners, no tap takeovers, that type of thing. We're doing like a frisbee golf outing and a pig roast. We're releasing nine collaboration beers. We did an epic speed dating collaboration event here where we had uh, brewers sitting around the long tables and every five minutes they'd switch and talk to another brewer until they came up with collaboration beers to do. So a lot of fun things like that. Um, out here on, the, on Friday, um, I think the 4th of August we're having an event called Amplified Ales and it's pairing breweries with bands. So we found some beers from specific breweries and bands that fit that beer and then we're having a six band concert on that Friday night. So just fun stuff that's nice. all. Now where do people find out more about that? Is that going to be on your On website? Facebook's probably the Facebook? easiest. Yeah, Milwaukee Craft Brewery League is, okay. the, is the group. So we'll try to try to share that as well Yeah, later. you can post if you're watching the video, we'll have a link. Um, under the video that you can check out a link to that. Yeah, so I mean it's been a wild year. There were a year ago, or probably two years ago, there were you know very few breweries in Milwaukee. And I think nine nine breweries opened up in the same yeah. 2016 calendar year we did. And that's like that's why I love Milwaukee. So originally you had your Pabschlitz Blatz, you know, your huge historic breweries that you can still go tour today and see all this awesome beer history that's from you know the late 1800s. And then you get into Sprecher and Lakefront, both opening up in '85. You know, those are some of the pioneers micro brew yeah. phase from you know that time and then this huge resurgency in the past couple years and it's kind of one of those only cities that has that huge that triangle of all the different yeah. ages of beers from three different waves of, of beer that's really we all cool. get along really well which is so much fun that's like lakefront gave us the beer caddy outside i don't know if you saw that with six taps on it no like, anybody want this we, we got a new one nice so, it's, it's <laughs> that's really cool city. yeah and it's it's great to have i mean Chicago sort of has that as well with the with the tight knit community of all the all the breweries that they have around there. They're expanding so much in Chicago now to all the suburbs and everything within. Yeah. Whereas um, Milwaukee is a much more dense area. So if you have that many breweries in a, in a more dense area, it's well, definitely great to see that collaboration. And granted, I you know I'm in a suburb that borders Chicago, but it only took me an hour to get here. Yeah. Um, you know it's not. You drive really fast though. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not that far though. It's, yeah, have your radar detector if you're going to drive like Bob. It, it's it's worth it's worth the trip out. There's plenty of things to, to see and do along the way. Um, yeah, and they have some great stuff in Milwaukee too. Like Summerfest just passed last couple weeks, I think it was. You know where they have tons of bands. It's a great event to go to. Um, yeah, it's the world's largest outdoor music festival. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the, the Guinness Book of World Records for a single day was set at like 183,000 people. Or it's basically like free. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the ticket price to get in. But basically, you see all these bands for free, with the exception of the really really big ones that they charge. Do you now? I know it's, I haven't been to Summerfest in a couple of years, but I forget there was a, a couple breweries there, like Lakefront. Some mm-hmm. others were there in the past. Have you tried to get into anything like that, or do you guys have no, your beer anywhere? That's like more of a mass market area. Yeah, um, we're at Miller Park. Okay. So we got in there this year. They did a, an awesome thing. They asked their fans what they wanted, and it was different food and craft beer. So they put in a, a 30 local craft draft bar. So nice. there's uh, 30 different lines of local beers, and then they put up 16 ounce cans around the stadium. Which, so which beer do you have on uh, um, there? We've got both our Oddball Kolsch, which is just a good old beer that tastes like beer. It's, uh, it's named the oddball because most of our beers have unique, fun ingredients yeah. in it, but this one is just you know the basic four, so it's our oddball. And then our Batch of Crazy, which is the coffee brown ale. Which we just had before here, and it's, it's a great, great yeah. coffee beer. And that was actually the second beer um, from our pilot back in college that got submitted to the, to the website. There were some, some girls that I was hanging out with named Abby and Allie Murphy. Who they, were Batch of Crazy? No, they, they were not Batch of Crazy. They're awesome friends. Um, but they, they liked wine and coffee. They didn't really like beer. And I was a home brewer, so I wanted them to drink my beer. And they, I said, what kind of beer would you like if, if I were to make one that you drink? And they said, well, you should put coffee in it. I was like, all right, we'll submit it to the site. We're doing this crowdsource thing. And coffee beer won. Uh, it didn't have a name at that time. So when they tried it, they said, oh my god, this is actually crazy. And the name just kind of stuck. I know it's with, uh, with the crowdsourcing. Maybe I read it wrong. But you don't necessarily have to submit a recipe. You can submit an idea, like flavor profiles and stuff like that as well. Yep. So it got everything from, I put salt on my grapefruit for breakfast, turned that into a beer. You know, all the way up to a homebrewer's fully-fledged recipe. A guy named Peter from out in Madison, uh, he had a beer called Senior Bob, which was a tequila barrel-aged 8.5% cream ale with agave. And that was a beer that he homebrewed. He had his whole recipe written out for that. Um, he's, I'm surprised he hasn't opened up a brewery yet. He's like a... Nice. Awesome, very good home brewer. So he submitted that one and it won. So anything in between, wherever you leave it so off, you go to the, take over. Go to, that's mobcraft.com. Yep, mobcraftbeer.com. Mobcraftbeer.com. So go there, submit your recipes. If you don't, they will actually ship you beer. So you can sign up each month um, to, to vote. And whoever signs up to purchase, it's a bottle, right? One bottle, is it? Um, it's four, either two or four 22-ounce bottles. Um, okay. And they come in at... Um, without shipping, 13 bucks for a two pack or 25 bucks for a four pack. So, you know, you, you support the beer ahead of time and it's. And that gives you a vote, off. right? You have a couple yep. recipes or a couple ideas, and then whoever made that pre purchase gets a vote on which one. Yep, we've got the top eight that are up there each month. And uh, we, we had to figure out how to get rid of the dirt and worms beers, you know, the, the really gross ones. Um, so, we, we built this little algorithm that tracks the beer's popularity across the internet. So, the more times that beer recipe is shared, those are the ones that get up into the boat. Okay. So we usually get about 40 recipes in each month, but uh, only eight make it into that, that final. So do you ship beer within Wisconsin? Um, we can't. So yeah. full disclaimer, that's we don't actually ship beer. That's, um, that's kind of what I was Because it's not legal for a brewery to ship beer, so all of our shipments go through an online liquor store, and the Department of Revenue won't let beer get shipped back into Wisconsin. So we can't ship to Wisconsin, but 36 other states, um, beer can be 
ship to from this liquor store? Illinois, Illinois is one of them. Illinois yes. is one of them? Yes. Yep. So yeah, Illinois was definitely on the list. I remember that. So yeah, definitely. Like if even if you can't make it up here, um, do that and support the brewery and and that as well as, like I said at the beginning, you're starting to ship now or distribute to Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I know I live in the way north burbs, and the craft beer store which we did a podcast with in Libertyville. In Libertyville, they got your beer, mm-hmm. and then Antioch Liquors and Antioch got your beer because yep. I'm on their list of what they get. And then you said you're in uh, Binnie's as well now. Yes, one of the Binnie's. Do you figure out which one it was? I didn't. Okay. So call your local Binnies, and if <laughs> they don't have it, yeah, ask for it. Yeah, that's probably even better. There, yeah. there, there's one Binnies. Yeah. yeah. But call them all and find yeah. out. If your Binnies does not have it, let them know you're interested in it, and they should get it. Well, um, part of that's the self-distribution part. So in Illinois, you self, self-distribute. Yep. So you got you got you got to drive. If you get enough calls from somewhere, will you... Uh, Oh, yeah, I mean, this over this next few months, you know, we're working on building that. We, I don't want to. You can't just jump too deep, you know. I don't want to yeah. supply beer and then have it be out of stock because then you run out of stock and your shelf space is taken, and then you have to do it all over again. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, and the one thing I did notice, like with, like I think you, you alluded to it, is most of your beers, they are some kind of adjunct in them or barrel aged. Yep. Uh, I noticed very few on your on your tap list today that, like, except maybe the Coles that were not a combination of something. Yeah, yeah, we got a Kolsch, we got a double IPA. I think that's all I can all I can think of. You know, when you let people come up with the, the beers, it's like, well, yeah. so rarely do you get asked for just a standard normal beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seems like you do have your set list of the standard, the standards, some IPAs, some, some lagers, some Kolsch that, that stays throughout, but yeah, I can't imagine too many uh, crowdsourced recipes come in without yeah. adjuncts. Yeah. We've had so, a couple, like, uh, we had an, it was like a 7% lager that was just, you know, this, this rich amber lager. You know, that was one that, probably the only one that was just yeah. a, a normal beer through the crowd round. So I have to ask, one of the beers that we, we tasted earlier was uh, a Scotch Ale. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine something like that being crowdsourced because someone might not know that you could get Laphroaig barrels. Oh, it totally was. So, yeah. <laughs> John's the guy who submitted it. He's, his, his clan, his family clan, is the McDougal clan. Okay. So, Clan McDougal is the name of the beer. It's got his coat of arms on the label, and um, he wanted a Scotch barrel-aged Scotch ale. Um, I don't think the barrel was specified, but um, because finding barrels... Bourbon's easy. You can find bourbon barrels, you know, left and right. You can buy them from a lot of different sources. But when it gets into the scotch, it's like, well, I'm looking for scotch. I'm gonna, yeah. Whatever scotch you can get me. So. Yeah. And if if you like peaty scotches, this was by far the best peated scotch beer I had. I mean, it was so upfront and present. Yeah. Um, and I and love scotches. I mean, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I mean, I guess Lafroy can be called overbearing, but um, if. I wouldn't call it overbearing if that's what you enjoy. So if that's if that is something that you're looking to try, this is one of the best ones. Yeah, and I know that one just made it down to Chicago Land as, as well. Oh, so, so you did bottle that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All the crowdsource beers that we do are in these 22 ounce bottles. Um, they, you know, they vary in, in price points depending on what goes into it. Obviously, the barrel aged beers are going to be a little more spendy than the non barrel aged ones. Um, we do 500 ml bottles. Like this diligence here, which we will crack open next. Um, that's all of our sour and wild, and then the 16 ounce cans is all of our standards. And when you say a little more expensive, I believe when I looked at your site, it was thirteen dollars. Yep. Um, uh, 
Hey, it's Wisconsin's so yeah. right? <laughs> I would say it's hard to find a barrel-aged beer yeah. of this quality with these adjuncts in it for $13 in Chicago. Yeah. So It was definitely worth um, the price. Boy, well, yeah, we're trying to provide say, value here. Yeah, yes. when you say it's a little more expensive. Uh, <laughs> so what is the other one we have in the bottle here? Yeah, the Dilges. Should we give this one a whirl? Yeah. So this is the last bottle. So unfortunately you can't get this. No, it's out at distribution. Last oh, bottle. It? Okay, just went to distribution. Um, this is bottle number 521 out of 585. So Dilgence Plum is this batch. Sorry, I couldn't find a bottle of this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it oh, works. You can Google Mobcraft popping bottles, and I opened beer with like 100 different random objects. Huh? <laughs> awesome video. Before we like had the brewery fully operational and had fun, like I had, had a lot of extra time on our hands. So it's really that you couldn't find another one, or you just needed another random object? Yeah, yeah. So, the Soured Wild is something that we just really love. None of these are crowdsourced beers. We do a lot of crowdsourced sours, but um, these ones are, oh, well, I know you don't like sours. Bob loves I, sours. I love sours. So all of these guys are creations of our, our sour um, brewer named Adam. And Adam was one of me and Andrew's buddies in college. And we homebrewed a lot together. And then he moved out to California, uh, worked at a brewery called Tahoe Mountain, and brewed beer there for a lot, for a little bit of time. Um, mostly sours, bread beers, bread pails, bread IPAs, that type of stuff. And um, we caught him and his wife to come back and working for us because they're you know, our, our great friends. So there, Kale's doing all of our, like, um, sell sheets and she checks the general inbox and does a lot of stuff for us and Adam does all the sour and wild. So he'll either ferment in stainless in this room with a bread culture or ferment clean out on the other side of the brewery and then age in oak barrels um, and then inoculate with a variety of different bacteria and then we do a lot of fruited sours as well. So this specific bread beer that we're drinking right now is a Saison that was fermented clean and stainless and it came into the sour room, got put in oak barrels, we chopped up about a put them in quarters, like we don't puree or anything like that, and yeah. we let that fruit slowly decay over the course of five, six months, and then they're bottle conditioned, so we put a little bit more uh, bread and a little more sugar back into the bottles, and then over the course of another two months, they'll condition in the bottle. So it's really a labor of love to make this this product. Um, just checking the exact dates on here. That and you do that same recipe with different different types of fruit? Um, so diligence being the Saison, we're going to make this once a year. Okay. We've got a beer called Existence, which is a 10% Belgian strong sour that we age on a few different fruits that comes yeah. out once a year. So a lot of different yearly releases. But like this one was brewed on 9, 15, 16 and bottled on 3, 14, 17. So, so do you, that's a decent amount of time in there. Existence is the one that I, I saw before with two different types of fruit. Do you try to keep at the end of the name diligence existence or um you know so we, we had dumb trends like that we tried we were like we should name all of our sours wisconsin names and so we did like the ood and then a couple other things that sounded super wisconsin we we're like well that was stupid and then we did existence because the the name for that beer kind of came because it, it existed in so many different places like we brewed that beer in madison it was aged in oak barrels for the first year of its life in Madison, then it came over here for another six months, then it sat on fruits for another six months, then it got into the barrel. So it existed in so many different places in our journey. So that's why it was existence. And then we were like, oh, we like the Ents. And then we named this one Diligence, and then when we looked for an Ents name for our next beer, we couldn't find anything that wasn't already taken or good. So the next one was Roundabout. Um, that's our Berliner Weiss. And we're located on the Roundabout, so on the label itself is like a Google image of our Roundabout. So did you ever make a, like a, what is it, the Fib beer? Or did you ever No, no, we didn't. <laughs> did not. <laughs> and we wouldn't. 
This one's actually, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a fan of sours myself, but this one is, this one's pretty good. I mean, the plum and it's not really super tart. Yeah, that's one thing that we don't like. People think all, like all these types of beers are sour beers, and they're not. A wild ale isn't sour. Yeah. You know, if you ferment something with Britannomyces doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get acid production out of that. So when we have a little bit of lactobacillus in here, this beer, the difference between, because you tried this beer, just the standard version out there. Okay, so this was the plum version. So the difference is any kind of lacto that's on the plum peels, any kind of wild yeast that's on the plum peels, that's going to continue to the character of this beer. So they taste very wildly different if you try them side by side. But they're not mouth puckeringly tart. You know, that's not something yeah. that we go for. We don't like having to down a bunch of tums after you drink a couple sour beers. <laughs> you know, something that's just approachable and enjoyable. It's so. way more fruit forward than it is sour. It's very enjoyable. And I am someone that does love the super mouth puckering sours. But um, hey, I always say you like what you like, if you like what you like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if somebody comes in here and wants a Bud Light, I'll give them an oddball Kolsch, and they'll be like, oh, cool, this is. Just kind of tastes like a beer. It's heavy for me, you know. <laughs> Your four percent Kolsch is kind of weighing me down. <laughs> so, do you have? Uh, do you guys have any like events that you throw here on like a regular basis or semi-regular basis or anything um, coming up in the near future? The craft beer week is going to be the first thing. Milwaukee craft beer week. Uh, we do a lot of beer releases. Obviously, having a new crowdsourced beer every month, uh, we'll release the beer here if that's where the person wants it to be. Um, but you know, we always leave it up to them. So like Leo came up here um, for the hand hazel. He came and helped us brew the beer. Then he helped taste the bottle, taste the barrels one time. Then we held the release party at Village Tap down in Chicago. So you know if you want your release party wherever you're from, yeah, like, go down there. If you live in California and we want to, you want to come out for the brew day, we'll fly you out and come brew the beer with us. Awesome. So it's very fun involving the you know whoever wins the crowdsource voting round. And when is Milwaukee Craft Brew Week? It's going to be the last week in July, first week in August. Excellent. So definitely very cool stuff. Then we got our one-year anniversary party. It's going to be in last week in September. So when you're being here, yep. as you said, you've been in Madison for a while. Yep. And then other events, you know, we sometimes we'll have music, we'll have live bands play. Some days we have weddings or yeah, you said you have rehearsal dinner back there. Dinner, yeah. The, uh, walking in, I was like, this is the cleanest brewery I've ever seen. <laughs> Hey, we scrubbed the floor for CJ and Sarah. They also live in Chicago. Oh, CJ nice. and Sarah, nice. You know, in the beer world, you just hit so many. Everybody's genuine and awesome. Yep. You know, so CJ was a guy. He had a job in Madison. He quit that job and he came to the brewery and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go back and get my MBA and I want to hang out at a brewery and help out." So he helped us out for like a year and a half, and we actually made him a wedding beer that was super tasty. Excellent. Name. Name of. Oh. Is it not? Uh... No, no. They it, their wedding was yesterday. I don't, it, I don't remember. It had something to do with the wedding. Sorry, CJ and Sarah, <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. So I've got some great things going on. We'll throw some links in the in the comments on this video so you can check it out. Because uh, as you're watching this, it's probably only going to be one day after we recorded it that we'll throw it up on uh, YouTube and the various podcast uh, audio versions. So just uh, want to mention one other thing we got coming up uh, in Chicago next week. Uh, week from today's the 16th for us. Well, it depends when you're watching this. But on the 23rd at Headquarters Beercade in River North, they're doing a Rick and Morty Three Floyds brunch. Uh, definitely go check that out. I myself will at least be there, as well as Nick, who's not here today, and maybe a couple others. Us. So if you see us, say hi. Um, but they're calling it Blips and Chips. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, um, Blips and Chips is a great episode. 
Actually, on the 21st, too, I'm uh, going to Beer Brats and Beethoven at Ravinia. Uh, there's actually 19 brewers here, that, uh, brewers there this year, which is, I think, over double what they had the previous year. So the craft beer, beer Brats and Beethoven really took off last year, so they expanded it quite a bit. Tickets are still available. Uh, only $30 for unlimited food and beer, so. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know Good anything time. else off the top of my head going on. My missing Allie, unfortunately, she's moved away and uh, doing great. Wish her well. Hopefully she's watching us. Tour uh, Fat is coming up. Yeah, so she's July the one that always come up with a clipboard. July 29th, and actually the Roots are playing there this year. Uh, that's another, I think the tickets are still available to that. Uh, we got Firkin Fest this weekend. Is that Cathedral Square in Milwaukee? Excellent. I think there's about 30 breweries that all bring a couple different Firkins. Firkins are always good. Always nice to have some Firkins. And then there's um, Milwaukee Brew Fest is that uh, first Saturday in during Craft Beer Week. Okay. That's Excellent. So does Craft Beer Week start the 29th or does it? Where that Friday is? Yeah. The Friday the, 28th, the 28th. 28th. Friday the 28th. Yep. It's my birthday. All right. Good. Good. Yeah, it's my sales birthday too. You and Nikki. <laughs> So yeah, so we got uh, some good events coming up. Come out to Milwaukee, great events coming up out here, um, as well as good events in Chicago. Um, it's a short drive. It yeah, really it's not is. that bad. Uh, if you're an iPhone you can person. You get an Uber up here from Chicago. Yeah. There you go. It's happened. Uber will do it. If you're an or iPhone an person. an Uber back. We do have uh, our iPhone app is being updated, and we are testing the new version. So the broken version you have right now on your phone, <laughs> if you do, it'll be fixed within the month. So hopefully, I know I said that like six months ago. Hopefully this is true. So our developers working on it and getting that updated. But do check out our website. We post all of the events that we want to let you guys know about on our calendar on the website. And that just feeds directly into the iPhone app when that's working. So uh, here we got that. And if you're watching the video, do uh, hit that thumbs up, like us on uh, YouTube. And if uh, give us some five stars on, Iowa, on uh, iPods or whatever you're doing on the whole podcast front. <laughs> and uh, share our video with your friends. Let them know about Mobcraft up here in Milwaukee. Uh, come out yourself, you won't regret it. I, yeah. I definitely would, would give it a give it a five stars as well myself. And if you come up here and beat me in foosball, I'll give you a beer. There you go. Yeah. Just in general, drink beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, great people out here, it seems like. Great people up in Milwaukee, so. Beer people are good people in general, like you said. You know, it's always great to have it, so. Thanks for having us out here. Hey, definitely. And uh, thanks for watching, cheers.